Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Here's your host from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, we are the Get Savvy Club and we're on a mission to teach anyone in property how to get visible online. Why? So you can get deals, you can get direct bookings, you can find JV partners and investors, or if you're a realtor or estate agent, you can find new stock and ultimately you can make money. If you would like our help, just message us on info at getsavvyclub.co.uk or find us on social media. Hey Anita, how are you doing today? I am awesome, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you very much. So today uh, we're excited about a couple of guests that we've got on board because we we met them originally through a mutual contact last time we were out in Dubai, just randomly. I was going, to, we were going to meet this tax guy that I've known for a while, and when we got there, there was somebody that I already knew actually from years before so it was weird to see him at the table but then uh this couple were there too you know we got introduced to them and then we actually started working with them and then now they are our client they lovely we met them had a few drinks and a bit of a laugh didn't we and then um i had a chat with them in the uk and they've got a fantastic business but more than they've got a fantastic business because they've got a fantastic business ethos is that the right word i'm looking for yeah um because you know they're genuinely in it they think that their industry so like short-term rental management has been given a bit of a bad name for people doing it badly not caring about the customer so they genuinely want to make a difference and they want to get the people the landlords that they're working with make them a lot of money and then as a byproduct they'll make a load of money so they're kind of in it for the right reasons and they're also um so i can relate to this obviously but they're uh, a couple who were married to other people who had children and then have come together married each other you know so they've got that whole blended family thing going on that I can relate to and all the challenges that brings and then on on top because that's not you know difficult enough they decided to set up a business together which then you know lockdown happened because of their personality they absolutely thrived during lockdown and in the the podcast they kind of tell us a bit more about how they managed to do that and I just think that that they're inspirational and I love that what they're really good at I think is recognizing what they're not good at and what they need help with. And that's what they've done absolutely with their marketing. Um, so they've got us involved and we've helped them with their social media presence, with their marketing messaging um, and how to get out there. And we're kind of continuing to work with them. So it's been a pleasure, hasn't it? Great couple, but also they're, they've got some brilliant team members as well. Mm. So they're just building and building and building. So. And they're a good laugh as well. I like yeah. to work with people that you can have fun with and a bit of a laugh on the Zooms. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> I can't wait to watch their business thrive and thrive and thrive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Let's get into the podcast. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. So Grant and I, we specialise in short-stay accommodation, predominantly in Swansea, uh, because that's where we live. uh, And that's where we started our business in 2015. Uh, We've branched out uh, from Swansea now. We, We are in other areas and constantly growing our business so when you say you specialize in short stay accommodation what bit do you do with that so we manage properties on behalf of clients and investors so that might be a landlord that has one property uh, and doesn't want to single let it or it could be an investor with a portfolio of properties we've had people convert hmos into short stay accommodation and we have a range of clients and investors and and basically short stay accommodation is uh, us managing your property on exactly that on a short stay basis so yeah. so we'll have lots of different types of customers staying in your property but generally for less than six months uh, at a time so it could be one night it could be one week but we have had customers stay for up to maybe three months as well so essentially short stay accommodation we look after the property from start to finish 
and we look after the customer experience. So it's very hands off, depending on what type of investor or client that you are, because we do have some that like to be a little bit more involved. But we've got some clients we probably don't speak to for almost 12 months. Just do a yearly catch We've got some clients we've never seen. We've got Never even met. Team. Yeah. But you just do it all for them. Because Anna and I are in and around the property world a lot these days. And actually, SA or service accommodation is, is hot right now, isn't it, as a property strategy? I mean, I guess it's a hot strategy. Uh, I think that probably the best way of putting it is it's a fresh way of looking at stuff. I think holiday lets have been around for a very, very long time, just predominantly in hotels, essentially. Airbnb started the whole you know, rent your house out type of thing. When did Airbnb start? I can't even remember. 2008, I think. Was it? I think, yeah. yeah. Around that sort of time. They might have it launched before then. It took them years to get then. going, didn't it, I guess? It took, took a long time for them to get popular, I think. What are the benefits then? If somebody's got a place and they rent it out long term um, and they've never really heard of, you know, short term lettings or management company or anything, what's in it for them? Why would you bother? What Kay and I want to do every single day that we're alive is to help everyone around us be successful. We've got a long corporate career in doing that in service-based businesses so retail and and mobile phones and things like that where customer experience was paramount so we had a lot of transferable skills not necessarily in property but in a service-based industry in terms of benefits to the landlord there, there, there are loads i mean it's almost like when you listen to the benefits it's like why am i doing normal tenancies this is what we're we're trying to change is there is a stigma out there or not necessarily a stigma, but maybe an uncertainty out there that you can trust a short term rental management company. Right. We are just a letting agent. We're a letting yeah. agent that rents out properties for people and give them, you know, an amount after we've taken our fees. And that's exactly what a letting agent would do. But the trusted way of a landlord buys a property, wants it to be rented out and doesn't want to do it themselves. So they give it to a letting agent. That is the trusted route to market if you want to invest in property, right? However, you can do short-term rentals. It's just short-term rental management companies have only been around for the last few years. And they're certainly not as big as you know the letting agents that are out there at the moment. But some of the benefits are the massive one is you can earn more than what you can on a single buy to let, right? Not in every single circumstance. There are never any months where you don't get bookings unless you've got a proper holiday let management company. The model that we operate is normal terraced houses, semi-detached houses, detached houses that you would rent out to a family. Instead of doing that, we do short-term rentals. There are no voids, no gaps in people leaving and coming back for a month. You're always, you're always going to get income every single month. You know, you've got some massive, massive tax benefits that you just don't get with single buy to let. And especially with all the regulations that are coming down the line with a lot of you know government regulations that they're putting in for, for landlords now. This is the thing. You know, if you're going to earn more, if you're going to save more tax, if you're not going to have to deal with tenants, if you're not going to have to worry about kicking people out, if you're not going to have to worry about people not paying because if they don't pay, they don't stay. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. You know, and the you're probably only... going to get your property back in just as good, if not better condition than you. Better condition. Yeah. We, we <laughs> view the property. We view the property at least at least once every two weeks. If we've got yeah. a booking in there for a month, we go and visit the property every two weeks. You know, usually it's at least every week. 
right? Yeah. A, a letting agent will only view the property to see if it's still there and still in a good condition <laughs> once every quarter. If you're lucky. If that, yeah. 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 If yeah. you're lucky, yeah. right? We have a remit to our customers that are staying in the property to keep the property in showroom condition. So when you come to revalue the property, refinance the property further down the line, it's still in the same condition it was when we first got it. So when it's revalued, it's valued at the highest possible value that it can be. And we all know that staged properties, showrooms, properties that have furniture in them are valued higher than properties that are empty. It's almost like, why wouldn't you do it? The only reason, and this is me thinking, the only reason that you would not go down this route is if you have a drive or a desire to want to provide housing to lots of people to live in if you have a desire to do that. And there is a housing, there is a housing shortage at the moment. I'm not going to gloss over that, right? But the government, I might get shot down for this, but the government are driving private landlords out of this market. Yes. And it's moving to more institutional landlords. Yeah. yeah, taxing yeah. them out of the market and it's moving to more institutional landlords and uh, people that are buying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of properties in bulk load because they want to control the housing market and they can't control the housing market if it's being operated by private landlords. Yeah. So. We are the private landlord opportunity to break free of that. And that's what I'm, well, what we are, not me, what we are trying to promote and take away the stigma of this untrustworthiness of short-term rental management companies. Because all yeah. we're trying to do is disrupt the letting agent market. And with that method, you're not going to get a tenant, a nightmare tenant in who's trashing the place, not paying rent, and it's going to take you a year, 18 months to get them out, yeah. which is every landlord's worst nightmare, isn't it? You can kick them out. Kate, do you want to tell them about the time where you had to get the police involved? It doesn't happen often, does it? No, fair. but this is what I mean. Like, if they don't leave, you do what Kate's just about to explain. Because it's essentially a corporate let, isn't it? And a company has less rights than an individual. So it's not that you're just being mean to these people because they're not. (laughs) No, not at all. So we had a situation where we had some contractors staying in a property. So it was a company that booked their staff to be in the property. They were in there for, I think it was about a month in all fairness. They wanted to extend, but by the time they told us this, that property they were in had already been booked out. So we needed to move them to another property. The cleaners turned up at the agreed time and they were all still in bed sleeping and they couldn't get one particular person awake. I happened to <laughs> be I'd love to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I happened to be in the area, so I kind of went down just to give a hand. And it turns out that these guys had been on a night out, obviously got a bit leery and decided to bring a homeless person home with them who was sleeping on the sofa that particular person yeah, they wouldn't have done lifted. that in their own home yeah of course they were not. i mean there was no damage in all fairness that yeah. that the property was looked after there wasn't any damage they'd obviously had a few beers and stuff that particular person obviously uh, was put out by being asked to leave and it resulted in us having to call the police in all fairness though they left and the police didn't arrive because it was resolved but the hilarious thing about this one was that a, a lovely guy from upstairs who was packing his stuff very compliantly came down and he was like oh i can't find me adidas trainers and tracksuit have you seen them and i was like yeah like that homeless person was wearing them all the way out. <laughs> <laughs> i think the point is is the police were prepared to come out oh, so yeah. if, no, were, if, yeah. if i was the landlord of that property and it was someone's primary residence, 
the police wouldn't come out to remove someone from their primary no. residence. Well, However, they can, can they? They're not, they're not no, allowed to. Not. Yeah. However, it's our property and they're trespassing on there because they yeah. have overstayed their welcome. Yeah. And that means we felt vulnerable in that situation because we were asking them to leave when they should be leaving. And because we felt vulnerable, the police will come down and remove them from the property. You can't do that with tenancies if people don't pay or overstay their welcome. So how did you get into this? Well, I mean... What, what came first, the, the, the property? Chicken or the egg? Or the relationship <laughs> between you two? The relationship between us two. We met in... When did we meet? What year did we meet? <laughs> Kay's, Kay's not very good with dates. So um, Kay and I worked for the same company for eight years but never knew each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah. I, uh, I think Kay knew of me and Kay was trying to expand her horizons with people outside I love of her how he explains area. This. Yeah, it makes it sound like you would, like, Grant was some kind of superstar in the business and you, like, stalked him. Well, that is sort of true. Um, <laughs> this is like Mr. and Mrs. Kay, what's your version of that? Um, is a very loud personality as i'm yeah, sure I am. Yeah. where we would you can't have, miss him no you can't we, we we would have quarterly meetings with this company there'd be over 600 people in the room but grant was one person that you heard and you're um, tall as well grant are you tall i mean he stood he stood out of the crowd the truth of that was that i wanted to expand my connections because the area i was in only had i think it was like 20 shops 20 retail stores that limits you to how many people you learn from. And I, I was there for eight years. Um, and so I decided I needed to branch out of my area and go and get connections with other managers that were also successful. Or, and, and that's how it started in terms of my attraction to Grant. <laughs> so that's exactly what I said. <laughs> Kay knew of me and wanted to expand her horizons outside of her, it's just her the way area. You say it. It's just yeah. the way you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so when, what what year was that then? Okay. 2015. Yeah, so basically, Wait, don't bother with Tinder. Just <laughs> expand your horizons. Go to some work meetings. Organization. We we actually a lot of people met, meet at work, don't they? We actually met it on a prize that we won for customer experience. You know, so we are very big believers in driving sales and performance through customer experience. Um, and that's how we made our careers, you know, back when we were shop managers, area managers, and so on and so forth. And yeah, we met in Chamonix on this prize where a load of people went to that won these customer experience awards within uh, the company we used to work for at three. Were you skiing or was it UK. in the summer? Yeah, it was, it was skiing. We couldn't yeah. ski. And the reason why we met was because we both quit, quit. the skiing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and decided See, to get honor drunk. Quitting. You get to meet, you know, the man of your dreams. Yeah, 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 you know. Um, so there is some benefit to quitting. And, um, <laughs> we sort of, we, we hit it off and, and talked a lot and a lot, a lot. Our marriages ended up breaking down over a period of couple of months after that. And we decided to meet up in Wales. And, and the that's rest where, is history. Well, yeah, it took me two months to move to Wales after coming here to meet Kate. 
From where? From uh, the southeast near Gatwick. Oh, blimey. Two months. And so when, when, where did the business idea come from? Grant has always wanted to be in property and and probably had a basic knowledge when we met of, of property. I have a clue. And I didn't actually think that property was my arena either. I, I didn't think that's where my strength was at all. And it was not confident. I didn't even know what the strategies were. Like I had no confidence in it whatsoever. But uh, our driving factor was was really, I was probably working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week in a retail store, which is just ridiculous. I uh, wasn't seeing the kids as much as I wanted to, wasn't taking them to school, wasn't picking them up from school. And mm. uh, and I think the, the the one time that really got to me was I had a text message from the school on the morning and it infuriates me that they do it in the morning. Yeah. And they were like, your son is going to get an award in assembly if you wanted to attend. And I, and I couldn't attend because it was the morning mm. of. And I just, you know, I just got a bit down about that. And that became our driving factor is what we talk about now is, we, we wanted to do or we want to do, still obviously work towards that, is to do what we want, when we want, with who we want. And, and working for another company was preventing us from being able to do that. Grant then tried to convince me about property and it didn't work because I was very uh, sceptical about it. So he booked us on to a, it was a, an event that was a three-day event, I think it was, and it was just explaining all the different strategies of what happens in property, what you could do within property. Over those three days, we kind of like touched on a couple of things, didn't we? But the one thing that stood out as the option that I had the most transferable skills because the, the idea was is I would be the one running the business to start with because to replace my wage was easier because Grant earned more money than I did. So the one with the most transferable skills was short stay accommodation or, or known as serviced accommodation. That's what we picked. And we did that in January, Grant, was it, of 18? January uh, 2018. Yeah. Well, actually, wasn't it February when I came home from work and you told me you'd spent our wedding fund on a course or something Ooh. something like that yeah it was it was it was remember it was middle of February and it, this is funny because 20, 2018 we were we did we, start, we we started a business we got married and we moved house wow the, all, all in one year like to pile um, it on then yeah oh, yeah make yeah. or break <laughs> that's it and Kay came home one day after Kay sort of gave the go ahead that she was happy to yeah do short stay accommodation (laughs) I was like right okay where can I get the best education that we possibly can do on short for the money we had (laughs) yeah and um and 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 I found these guys who we were really happy with and we still work with to this day and um we're actually even in business with them which is great. great you know they helped us get everything off the ground and really helped us understand what we needed to do to be successful uh, and then we got our first little rent-to-rent property that I was really excited about. And I can remember the moment that the landlord said yes to doing it. <laughs> oh, it was after I, after I got out the swimming pool, uh, after doing 100 lengths in the swimming pool or something, I looked at my phone and I got this text message from the landlord who we still have the property with him to this day. So that's um, 2018, you got your first. How many do you manage now? Do you know, Kay, or do you want me to say the number? I always just say it's just over 110. We are now setting up uh, what would be our 117th is going to go live soon. See, that's a phenomenal rise isn't it yeah covid was the blessing in disguise for us oh. yeah, see actually, i would have thought covid would have been a nightmare for you 
It I mean, it was to... a rough ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, 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 it was really difficult. Don't get me wrong. But so it... What did you have key workers in? Mm. Yeah, key workers. Uh, key workers, hospitals. There wasn't a lot staff, of people going on holiday. Contractors. <laughs> we battled really hard. And I think it was because of how we handled it, it spread a little bit with our clients and other people that were watching yeah. what we were doing. Because of that, between the beginning of lockdown and the tail end of 2021, we actually tripled in size. And what's the plan then? How many would you like to manage in a dream scenario? I don't think there's a number, but there is a number, but it's just a pie in the sky number. What we want to be, and this is our vision, our vision is to be the UK's most trusted short-term rental management company. Yeah, I love that's, that that's That's our vision. And not to be the biggest and the best short-term rental management company. But it's funny because if you're the most trusted, you'll probably end up being the biggest, or you could well end up being the biggest or the the most profitable or whatever. But to have that aim of being reputable and have integrity is where you're starting from, which is... Yeah, it's more more to do a favour for our industry. Mm. (laughs) Uh, It's more to help people that are doing what we're doing, to help those companies that don't want to be huge that or that that don't have a desire to be that want to just manage you know 20 30 40 50 properties in their local area right but we're trying to create an environment where the the uk believes that you can trust short-term rental management companies to handle your property and that's what we want to do we want to disrupt the letting agent market and say look there is another way. Yes, still use letting agents if that's what you want to do, but don't not use short-term rental management companies just because you don't understand it. We're going to try yeah. and help people understand it, and that's what we want to do. Yeah, there's still definitely that education piece there, isn't there? It's like actually definitely. we record this podcast at the same time as going live, and I always say I won't reference what people are saying in the comments. Somebody has actually said, I wonder how many businesses there are like yours in the UK. So it's obviously a pretty new thing to the lady that's asking that. So I think it's theirs for for the taking for you guys to take that being that trusted uh, provider, the education piece and the trusted provider, it's it's up for the taking. So yeah, good luck to you guys. So obviously you got together, you started this. What's been the biggest sort of learning curve along the way with with the business itself? What, What came along that you just didn't, factor in at all i do one k do one yeah yeah go on then good idea my role is predominantly on the ground i've got my hands my fingers in all the pies so i do a bit of everything and and the one thing that i didn't anticipate i'm sure i anticipated it but maybe not to this extent was how many people out there that will let you down and (laughs) and i don't i don't mean any of our clients or landlords or anything like that i mean the people that you need to work with for the business to function so cleaners maintenance contractors how many will just let you down and more so now than actually before covid because now you have we have all this work and so many people say they want it and then just don't turn yeah. up or turn up and don't follow up. And like it just for me, it's so frustrating because it just delays everything. Like I, I like to be on point. I like to be, get the job done, move on, be successful with my clients, properties. And so for me, it purely is, is just you have to be able to rely on people, but be aware that's actually a chasing game because you're yeah. constantly chasing people. Yes, I've got some really good people on my books that we've worked with for years. You know, we still have one of our first cleaning companies that work with us. I want to say we've probably gone through 30 cleaning companies that just yeah. don't stand the test of time. 
that um, must be intensely frustrating it is and it's a yeah. constant cycle as well so you know don't think it's a case of going out finding a cleaner and that'll be your forever cleaner or going out and finding a handyman and that will be your forever handyman because it, it no grant, way I, grant always makes this um comment to, to 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 the new guys that we take on in the business when we're looking for people to to get get some work done in properties i've got over i think it's like 25 electricians in my phone book mm. Hmm. Um, because none of them will work weekends, and so and so I, I've got my list of people yeah. I will go down. And people get, get busy as well, don't they? And yeah, they course, they get where yeah. they can pick and choose. And if your job's not big yeah. enough, and there's something else, yeah, and, yeah, you've yeah. got oh, and, 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 and staff. Even if you've got even if you've got people that exclusively work for you and not anyone else, and are rotated in to do stuff, staff will just drop you in it whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's stuff yeah. for you though. Being my background being yes. recruitment is yes. I remember yeah. uh, I went along to a very similar sort of I don't know which three day property course you went to, but I went to a three day property course, I think it was like 2016, 17 or something. And um I remember hearing about the SA strategy, the service accommodation strategy, and thinking, Oh, and everyone was like, Oh, that sounds great, you can make all this money. And me with my recruitment background, the first thing I thought was there's a lot of people involved in that you've got to yeah. rely on there's a yeah. lot of recruiters there and it, yeah. it put me straight off the, I was like that's not a strategy for me so I think it's not people can't half do it you're doing it as a proper business and like say yeah. you've got to work on that and get to know those people and and you know be, expect the unexpected and be prepared you know Absolutely. people might think oh, I'll get a couple of electricians 25 guys just 25 <laughs> in a phone so it, this is what what you have to do to get yeah. to be you know at the top of your game I guess yeah Kay said a very good one there um that's why I let you go first because it gave me time to think of another one <laughs> um, but you say you say more after COVID I think you're right it is more after COVID but actually a little story just after I quit my yeah. full-time job we in 2019 we built up a bit of a pot you know that little buffer when you quit your full-time job just in case things happen two days after I quit my job the cleaner ran off essentially didn't actually run off but (laughs) it basically didn't return ten thousand pounds worth of linen um so we not only we not only had to figure out how to clean all of our properties because she was one of our only cleaners at the time we had to go and get all of the linen buy all the linen again to be able to did you get um, that money back from her you, no, no. We, you know, there, there was a lot of complicated aspects in it, unfortunately. And and I think we're better off for that going through that lesson yeah. because we do so many things differently. I mean, we used to buy, buy the linen and launder it. And even though we went out and replaced that linen, um, yeah, out of so. our own out of our own pocket because obviously that linen didn't belong to us it belonged to the clients that purchased it it wasn't what a month two months later and we ended yeah. up converting to hiring linen anyway yeah Which um, sort, of, sort of protects you against that but that that yeah. what Kay just said that that really backs up our, our 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 aim of helping everyone be successful because there are management companies out there that would have argued that they could say, well, the cleaner ran off with your linen, so you've got to buy new linen. Because it mm. wasn't our linen, but mm. we, we it's not our fault that the cleaner ran off with the linen. They ran off with your linen, so you've got to buy new stuff. We didn't do that. Because we took it all on our shoulders, we chose the cleaner, we trusted the cleaner. So what we decided to do in that situation was instead of shock people with Take all this extra hit. cost, we took the hit ourselves. 
Because um, you're in it for the long game. You're not just absolutely. Doing a quick buck. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. It's interesting because yeah. Anna and I are, are sort of doing a bit of property on the side and we've met this partner and we're doing this stuff with him who's just in the process of totally shafting us and disappearing quite a bit of our money mm-hmm. um and you know i think maybe sometimes it's a lesson you've got to go through yeah. i don't know yeah i always think every, everything everything's figure outable yeah. isn't it that's what i think everything's figure out well it's yeah, might be figure out it's not get backable which is what is yeah karma is a bitch karma is a bitch yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and at the time at the time it was you know extremely stressful because yeah. we were relatively new to this business people relied on us our clients relied on us and you know I, I'm and you don't have unlimited more. money to just plow back and we do, well that was money, my that was, yeah, life, that, you know? that was my do not touch fund yes. to allow Grant to leave work and that was my backup you yeah. know and um, that was our plan B it was a awful absolutely awful I think it was two months um it took Grant snapped out of it very quickly and one lesson I learned from that is how to snap out of it much quicker because it, I think it was literally two months before I'd let it all go yeah, And I ended up having to, well, not having to, but I had a coach at the time and I ended up talking to my coach about it and they helped me figure out a way of getting it out of my head yeah. um, because stuff like that can can actually really affect your ability to move forward and think forward. And to make forward. decisions. That Absolutely, might, the right you know, decisions as yeah. well. But yeah. that whole scenario, we've learned so many lessons that we we now are grateful that we actually experienced that. That's you a phenomenal place it. to get to from. Yeah, from and we've grown event, yeah. from it so much. So yeah, we've we, you know it happened, and we're actually glad that we came out at the right end. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what's it like working with your other half, as they say? Do you get on? Do you argue? Do you talk about it all the time at home and stuff like that? Oh yeah, um, yes, we <laughs> argue. We're married. I'm sure most married couples argue. <laughs> um, not often about work, though. I'll be honest with you. Oh, that's usually good. About the, usually about the kids. <laughs> um, we're we're opposites. We work extremely, extremely well um, with each other. Mainly because Grant does the things that I'm really not like. So did it take you a while, a while to find your groove, or you instantly quite? We knew. Yeah, yeah. no, we because. When we went to that um, property meeting and we decided that service accommodation or short stay was what we were going to do, we both mapped out in our heads very quickly what I would do and what Grant would do. We actually both had our own notebooks and wrote it down and then kind of like spoke to each other and like, oh, yeah, no, I thought I'd do that, you'd do that. And we were on the same page from day one. So we've always known what our strengths are and we've always played each other to our strengths. So yeah. it, it works for us. In a marriage, a relationship, whatever, you know, obviously, first and foremost, the most important thing is to love and absolutely want the best for the other person. Uh, and that's fundamental. This, is, this isn't relationship advice. So, um, <laughs> um, but aside from that, you know, if you're going to go into business together as a loving, supportive marriage, married couple, then you need to have opposite skill sets. Because otherwise, you might as well just start separate businesses yourself. And, and that, that, that's what I fundamentally believe. It's just Kay and I are very, very lucky that we have got opposite skill sets, but very similar values. You know. And the same vision. I think vision is everything yeah. in business, isn't it? Anna and I are quite different in a lot of ways, but we absolutely have the same vision and drive. Um, so I never think, oh, bloody hell, Anna, why aren't you doing anything? You know, because there's, there's, that's never that disparity between us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, Kay and I enjoy 
working with each other. We have our own roles. So technically, we don't work with each other. We work in our own roles. But when we do come together, yes, we clash. We clash a lot. <laughs> You know, um, Kate Gloss, that's not necessarily unhealthy, is it? To just no, touch, it's how you handle um, that. You, you know, and and it is difficult when you're in a situation where one believes they're right and the other believes they're right, and then you're in front of staff at the same time. <laughs> it's sometimes difficult to compose yourself in a way that you would if you were dealing with another business owner that wasn't your wife or wasn't yeah you your wouldn't husband. necessarily talk to a colleague that way but yeah no and, we're, and we're very we're, grateful that our heads of our departments they just get the popcorn out when, yeah yeah and they just enjoy the show well you know that actually we've got a business coach now as well within our business and one thing that he advised us to do was if you find yourself doing that just just think would you speak to your boss like that? Because technically, in my area, I'm the boss. And in Kay's area, she's the boss. Yeah. So that's good. We need to think in that way. If we find ourselves getting clicky with each other in front of people, we just need to think, would you speak to your boss that way? And, and also, at the end of the day, back into it. yeah, that disagreement needs to reach a constructive outcome. And yes. so talking in a, in a non-constructive way isn't going to help you get to that outcome, is it? No. no. It might get your frustrations out because they haven't cleared the dishwasher or whatever it is. But, um, <laughs> it's not going to help the business move forward. The upside yeah. to, to it, though, uh, that I, I personally find is that Grant and I challenge each other more than maybe colleagues would. I would say it's more productive and we come out with better ideas and suggestions and forwarding paths when we're challenging each other. And, and maybe you wouldn't challenge a, a colleague or a boss to the extent that we push each other. So there, are, there is definitely a benefit. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I think also we don't have the fear that one of us is going to quit. Can't, can't fire me. You know, you can't, talk, you, can't talk to, you can't talk to staff sometimes the way that we talk to each other. Because, well, you definitely because, can't pat them on the bum as they walk past. Yeah, because they, they quit, you know. Um, that went out in the 90s, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. So two questions we ask all of our guests, which I'm not sure we've pre-warned you about these. Anna normally does. I think you did. I'm not sure. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me. So the first yeah. one is... I didn't tell Kay. <laughs> okay. You have to go first on this one then. The first one is what makes you savvy because we're the Get Savvy Club. What makes us savvy? We always look for opportunity in adversity. We will always find a way in any market, in any situation. Kay and I come from backgrounds where if things aren't going well, you find a way to make it well. <laughs> because yeah. otherwise, you're going to lose your job or yeah. you're not going to have uh, food on the table or something along those lines. Because our previous roles were very heavily commission-based, right? So... You know, if you didn't make that sale or you didn't get that target or whatever that might be, you didn't survive. You didn't, yeah. you didn't, you know, you didn't get to the next level or you didn't get the bonus you wanted to get. You didn't able to do this or do that. And that's what Kay and I have transferred over to this business. And that is why we did so well over COVID when I'm not speaking for everyone in the industry, but when a lot of people stuck their head in the sand because they were told that you cannot trade. Kay and I found a way to trade. We found a way to be successful. Rather than just survive COVID, 
we try to thrive through through it. Yeah, because you've um, got them skills from before, you know. Because from we had those skills. Staying yeah. in a job like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. all about one thing that I've always been like is I've always found sales and performance as a game. And I always say to myself, what's the rules of the game and how can I play it better than anyone else? And I've always been on this line, right? If this is the the line of what you should and shouldn't do, right? And you need to stay below it to be okay. I've always played right on that line because I've never gone above it and been wrong or dodgy or anything like that. I've always been just below it. And mm. if you're just below yeah. it, you can't do anything wrong. And if you can get people what they want and what they need by staying just under the line, that is absolutely fine with me. So play the rules better than anyone else. I trawled through legislation for hours to try and find a way that we could trade. And the two things that I found was we can put people in properties if they are using it for their primary residence or if they cannot go home, right? Now, if someone is working in the area and lives more than an hour and a half away from the area, they cannot go home and work in the area. So we can house those people. Anyone that is... It has an insurance claim on their house and needs to stay in a property temporarily. They can't stay in their primary residence. So guess mm. what? This property is their primary residence. So when we got challenged by the environmental health officers, we said everyone in our properties is either can't go home or is using it as their primary residence. And they mm. went, well, they better be. And they checked it out. <laughs> they did and they checked it, it out. And they made sure that that's what we were doing. And they, guess what? gave us exemption certificates for our whole organization to open during lockdowns. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's a true entrepreneurial spirit, isn't it? That doesn't just go, oh, well, but goes, okay, what's the way I'm going to find? Yeah, or doing something anyways without understanding whether you're playing to the rules or not. Mm. Because we could have just done it and not looked into what the rules were and then when we got caught, been like, oh, shit, we've done Sorry. something wrong. Yeah. When we didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. We just made it work, which is yeah. the yeah. important thing, yeah. Because that's what a lot of people did. A lot of people did it anyways and didn't yeah. know mm. that they were doing the right thing or why they were doing the right thing and couldn't argue it when they were challenged. So the other question we ask everyone is to recommend um, a book that has helped or inspired you along the way. Go on, Kay, you do it, because I've got tons of books. You've uh, you've only read a couple, so you've probably got one you can say. <laughs> I really, really loved the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yeah, I knew I you were going to really say loved... that one. What is I that love... one? Total Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. And also, uh, and actually, he Arnold made his money in property. Before made a lot, he, of, made a lot, a lot of, of money, money in property. Before yeah. he did his bodybuilding and all of that, he actually made his money in property. Well, during um, his bodybuilding, before he, yeah. did, um, before he did the movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, also the Richard Branson books, I, I think that they're very inspiring. We've really enjoyed those. The, the one book, and this is probably not for everyone, um, but the one book that keeps me focused is Built to Sell. Um, and Built to Sell is about systemizing your business. And, I, and that, for me, it's a very short book, but that, for me, I always refer back to that book in my head when I'm thinking about where do I want my business to go, where we are now, and how I'm going to get there. I always think about that book 
uh, and yeah. just some of the things that I learned that those are my favorite ones there are some books aren't there that just have the stand the test of time and come back into your mind and you might yeah. even pick them up and have another flick through but they're that valuable to you yeah yeah and it keeps you with the end in mind all the time doesn't it which is yeah which is great so brilliant okay uh, how can people listen to the podcast find out a little bit more about you guys then should they want to do so well they can hit us up on linkedin facebook um any social media platforms just search kg inspired property or search mine and k's name k hutchby and grant hutchby sorry we didn't put our surnames on the thing um, yeah. But yeah. I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put yes. links in, <laughs> in your and your website in the show notes as well. Yeah, so absolutely. And um, you're more than welcome to go on our website, kginspiredproperty.com. Um, on there, there's a button called Book Now, and it takes you directly through to our team via WhatsApp. So you Ooh. can speak to our team. So if you want to go through that way to see how that all works, um, be nice for you to test that out and see how reactive the team are. Um, but they'll pass any message over to me and Kay and uh, we're more than happy to have a conversation with anyone about using their property as a short-term rental. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. Awesome. So that was Grant and Kay Hutchby. And um, yeah, I told you they were inspirational and they have also been working on their whole branding for their business and their business name. So I think now we've got something and it is um, KG Short Stay, which I love. Um, and so we'll put the link in the show notes of um, how to find out more about whether you can go and stay with them and where they are. I think holiday lets have been around for a long time, haven't they? So lots of people have, oh, and actually years ago, people used to buy a caravan, didn't they? And go, oh, then I'll rent it out to everyone. And obviously I don't think that's the greatest moneymaker, if I'm honest with you, because uh, just buy it if you love the caravan, not to make money on. Correct me if you if you listen to this and I'm wrong, but yeah, holiday lets now are not just holiday let. The short-term rental market is huge. It's booming. People think, oh, you've got a short, like, like holiday let or str as they're called in bournemouth oh it must just be seasonal and it's like no that's not not the case at all because lots yeah. of different people <clears throat> stay in them for all different reasons don't contractors they? workers yeah and i think if you're thinking of doing it the best thing to do is just call up one of these management companies and they tend to be if they're good they tend to be focused on certain areas because they get really get to know that area um, and just have a chat with them and just find out what kind of rentals they're getting and whether it's worth it so you can do your sums lots of people kind of try and manage it themselves and we've never been of this mindset have we because one no. is just another job and it's a lot of work and to do it right and make sure that you're charging the right nightly amount and that that's, that fluctuates and it should fluctuate um depending on things and make sure that the cleaning is up to standard and the linen is up to standard and all the sort of checks that you need to do regularly are, are there still the same amount of knives and things like that that you might not think of and um, yes you'll make a bit less money using a management company but you'll maybe end up making more money because it'll be rented out more and you'll get better reviews and then you'll be able to charge a higher nightly rate and actually you then might have time to take on another property um, yeah. and you know use a management company for that so I think when you're deciding whether to do it yourself it's um, a good thing to weigh up all of these things but also you know just ring the likes of Kay or Grant or whoever's in your local area and if they're decent people like Kay and Grant they'll be quite happy to have a five minute chat with you about what they do what it costs what you might be able to get out of it and whether it's worth your while and if you go actually I've decided not to do it I'll maybe speak to you in a year or whatever then they'll be fine with that as well yeah and I think it's it's worth noting like when when Kay speaks about that she's got 25 different plumbers in a phone hasn't she like that's how yeah. many different contacts you need to get and I'm sure you know they're not all bad but you know you've, you just it's hard to get good people and it'll take a people get busy like I yeah I had um 
in my rental, they said all the hot taps stopped working. So that's not the kind of thing you can book in in advance. And it's not the kind of thing you can wait to yeah. get fixed either. So I probably rang about four or five and they're like, no, I'm really busy. No, I'm really busy. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, if you've got those contacts, and you can get someone around the next day, then that's awesome. Yeah. And they're prioritised because they've got a number of different properties mm. all in the same area. So they're important clients. Whereas if you've got just one, then I'm sure you're at the bottom of the list. Yeah, sure. And also we were speaking to them the other day and they were talking about like around Easter, how insane the amount of linen that they have and actually some of the content that they're going to be putting out is talking about like the stacks and stacks of linen that is required to to run these places so yeah um i'd always advise going getting somebody else to to help you with that unless it's going to be your thing your business and in which case fine you know you're you're going to run it like a business and you're going to scale up great but if you just want to do it for one or for like a handful then yeah or if you've got loads of spare time and you don't like to relax and do fun stuff in that yeah, you, 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 like, sort of, you sort, like sorting out linen <laughs> and taking phone like calls. Sort my own linen out. Yeah, taking phone calls from people that can't get into your property because they can't understand simple instructions and knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye bye. Bye. That was Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.